It's an absolute honor to be here. Um, as you said, my name is Matt. We got Damo here from Brizzy. Um, yeah, been leading youth industry there for just under three years now. Um, and yeah, it's been an absolute joy. Damo's one of our, our youth leaders. He's actually he's been around. Well, we've been leading youth for the same capacity. Um, but yeah, he looks after me. <laughs> we'll play basketball out there earlier, and whenever I see a basketball hoop, I just can't. I just lose all self-control. Um, and every night at youth, I'm like. You know what, I'm not going to play basketball, I'm not going to get sweaty, I'm just going to just hang out with people and then every time I get sweaty. But I was playing out there and Damo comes up to me, he's like, Matt, you need to stop. Like, right now, or else you're going to be dying in there. And I was like, yes, Damo, I So he, he looks after me. Um, but yeah, just before I get into anything, I just want to honour two groups of people. Firstly, I want to honour the leadership here at Glory City Church. Can we get a big round of applause? Married for under a year and a half now. 
met my wife when I was 17 and we dated for four years. Uh, we're engaged for nine months and now been married for just under a year and a half. Got married October 2019, right before COVID. There you go, God is good. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to share, just, just take all that away from the side. That's kind of like my journey up to youth pastoring. I wanted to share three quick fun facts about me as a person. First fact is I love Chelsea Football Club. Put your hand up here if you're a soccer fan. Oh, there's one. It's good. We're up to a good start. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, that, that, that tells you I love soccer. Um, it's my favourite sport. Um, second fun fact about me is I love compliments. That's said, Love compliments. Words of affirmation, honestly. Just if you say something nice to me, you're my best friend. That's it. Um, I remember one time I was at church, I was like in a real world movie. I, I put my smile on, you know, I was acting fine. Um, but in my head I was like, nah, 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 nah. and I like looked at them and I was like, you know, I'm going to the toilet, I want to talk to people. So I was walking back, smiling at everyone, acting like I'm fine. And then this lady came out of nowhere, and I just bought like fresh new white sneakers, and she looks at me, dead straight in the eyes, and she's like, I really like your sneakers. And I was like, oh my gosh! I was like, I'm the happiest man in the world right now. And like, it completely flipped around my mood. I just didn't even go to the toilet. I just walked back and I was like, God's good. He's real. Amen. Come on. Let's, let's pray for the Lord. So, honestly, if you want to be my friend, just tell me something nice and you'll be my friend. Um, and then the third fun fact about me is when I was like, I think I must be six or seven, I actually nearly bit my grandma's finger off. Yeah, I nearly did. So, back around that time, I was a bit like aggro and like just way too intense. Um, and she's, my grandma's like an English lady, very strong and like, no, don't do that. Um, and she was like, I think I was just misbehaving one time and she was not having a bar of it. And she's coming up to me and she's like, giving me these ones. And like, right in my face. And I was like, you know what? I'm a one up there. I'm going to try and bite her finger off. So I was like, and it, like, lucky she pulled it away, but every single time I see her, she tells me that story. Um, so yeah, I nearly, I nearly bit someone's finger off. Um, but that, that's the last, that's a bit about me as a person. Um, I can confirm I've changed since biting, trying to bite my grandma's fingers off. I wouldn't do that ever again. Um, but yeah, that's a bit about me. Hey, real quick, before we get to the message, can we just do something real quick? Can I get you to jump to your feet real quick? I know you just were standing for a while. So can I get you to jump to your feet? Chuck your hands out in front of you, close your eyes, and let's just start to engage with the presence of God. Okay? Start to engage, start to thank Him, do whatever you need to do, pray in tongues, whatever you need to do. And I just want to pray for you real quick, because I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. I believe that He wants to encounter you. I believe that this afternoon, He wants you to leave different. He wants you to leave equipped. He wants you to leave transformed. He wants you to leave better off than when you came in. Right now, I lift up every single person here, God. I thank you that they are not here by accident, but they are here for a reason, Father God. I speak to their spirit right now. I speak to their soul, and I declare you're full of vision. You're full of life. You're full of passion. You're full of zealousness. God, I thank you for this room. God, I pray that you would encounter us tonight. I pray that your fire would fall upon us this afternoon. God, that you would do something in our heart like you've never done before. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Feel free to sit back down. Quick, quick shout out to the boys, Florence, Isaiah. Good to see you, fellas. We were able to hang out with them yesterday. That awesome young men have got the calls of God in their life. They're going to transform the world. Oh, that's it. Uh, that's awesome.
So good, hey, um, I'd love for you to flip open your Bibles or turn on your Bibles to um, Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. And um, while you get there, I'm going to give you a bit of context. Um, and as you get there, you'll actually see that verse 1 in Hebrews, depending on your translation, I think most of them would be the same. But it starts with a therefore. In Bible college, we learn... And I think in human, in English language you learn, whenever, there, whenever there's a therefore, you kind of need to read what, what it's trying to get across, right? Because a therefore is linking something that was said previously, and it's basically saying, hey, because of this, you should do this, right? So whenever we read therefore, you've actually got to understand the context it's coming from. So let's hold it there for a moment, and I'll just give you a bit of context about the book of Hebrews. So you can basically break the book of Hebrews into about three different sections first section is around chapter 1 to chapter 4, and that basically talks about the superiority of Christ's work. Oh, no, sorry, the superiority of Christ's person. And then you've got the second section, chapter 4 to 10, and that basically talks about the superiority of Christ's work. And then the last section, which is chapter 10 to 13, which is kind of the area that um, I'm going to be speaking from today, it talks about the superiority of the Christian lifestyle. Um, to summarize, the book of Hebrews is basically trying to get across two different points. One, it's trying to bring, the author is trying to bring clarity around the person and the work of Christ. And secondly, he's also, the author is providing reasoning on the need for the new covenant and why faith is so important for actually living a kingdom lifestyle. You'll see in Hebrews 11, it basically just talks about all these people and about their journeys of faith and about their testimonies of faith. So it's really trying to get across this idea of faith being super important to how we live as Christians, right? If you, um, in the last um, verse in Hebrews 11, it basically summarizes the whole um, chapter. Sorry, not the whole chapter, the whole, the whole chapter, yeah, sorry. It, it summarizes that by saying, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, through, through faith, and all these is the people that are mentioned all throughout Hebrews 11. All the people that achieved a testimony of faith. I believe the point the author is trying to make is that we have even more reasons to have faith. Because of these people, right? They were able to have faith before Jesus died on the cross. These people were able to have faith. Even more so should we have faith, being the people that have actually seen the promise fulfilled. Right? Seeing Jesus go on the cross, die again, die, and then be rose on the third day. We have even more of a reason to have faith because of the promise. Now, if I quickly draw your attention back to Hebrews 12, because that's the whole reason why he says, therefore. Because we have even more reason to have faith, because of all these people who've gone before us and have had faith, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want you to repeat this after me. Looking, Looking unto, unto 
Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. The title of my message, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? I want you to turn to your neighbor on your left and ask them and tell them, What are you looking at? <laughs> now turn to your neighbor on your right. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Get a bit of sass on it. <laughs> that was what I told my grandma when um, Anyway, let's quickly repeat a part of that scripture. It says, Let us lay aside every way and sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Um, a little bit about my personality. Uh, when I get into a hobby, uh, I get really like obsessive. Um, the obsessiveness only lasts for about three or four months. Then I lose interest and move to something else. Um, but this year, my mate and I were like, we're going to run a half marathon by the, by the mid-year, right? Feel super stoked. So I got obsessed about running. So I like, I was like, you know what? Right, I'm going to research the techniques. I'm going to get real into it. And while pondering on the techniques of running, I. I did some research and they basically teach you that you should lean a bit forward, head straight up, and then also like run from your kind of hamstrings and your glutes. Um, this lady was saying that basically she improved by like a minute per kilometer just because she changed her technique. But one thing they teach you is that basically this kind of this central part of your upper chest here and your head should remain fixed. It should remain fixed. The rest of your body can do whatever the heck it wants. It can flap around, it can move, it's, it's better if it does. But this part of your body, where, and where your eyes are fixed, remains, it, it has to remain fixed. It, it shouldn't move. Yeah. That's how they, they say you have really good running technique. And man, put your hand up here if you like run for an exercise. One, two, three. <laughs> Guys, come on. That's all right. I don't know if I used to. Um, <laughs> But, okay, well, there's room to grow, guys. Um, anyway, um, imagine, I think any person who runs, imagine you're like running, but you're looking left. Where do you think you're gonna go? You're gonna go left, right? Same thing if you're looking right. Imagine you're, you're running and you're looking to say your toes. Inevitably, you're gonna run into something, right? Because you're not looking where you're going. The point I believe Paul is trying to make in this scripture, because he talks about, he uses the analogy of running, right? And looking unto Jesus. I believe the point he's trying to make is that in order for us to stay the course, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. In order for us to stay the course, in order for us to run with endurance, in order for us to do this Christian thing, we must fix our eyes on Jesus. We can't be looking left. We can't be looking right. We can't be looking at our feet. We have to fix our eyes. On Jesus. What does that mean though? What does that mean? Sometimes I'm like super confused because I hear ambiguous terms and I'm like, well, I don't understand. Give me the practicals, like one, two, three. Um, so I thought, why not give it some practicals? I've been praying about this message and preparing for it and I felt God give me three aspects of himself that he wants you guys to be fixed on. Obviously, there's more than three. There's more than just three aspects of God, but I believe He's given me three aspects.
that he wants you to focus on. Um, and I also just wanted to preface before I share um, these aspects that when I use the word Jesus and God interchangeably, I mean the same person, right? So we all understand Jesus is God. Yeah, okay, we're familiar with that. When I say Jesus, I mean God. So just like, stay with me, okay? All right, let's do this. Number one, say it after me. Fix your eyes. On the person, on the person of, Jesus. of Jesus. Fix your eyes on the person of Jesus. What do I mean by that? I mean who God is. Fix your eyes on who God is. Why is that important? If we turn at Hebrews 11.1, 1, you don't have to turn with me. I'm going to say it in like five seconds. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. Um, I was at an Easter service with my, my wife's family. We usually go to like her family's church for the morning, like morning Easter service or morning Christmas service. And who knows Kingdom Culture Church? Some? Yeah, we got one here. Who knows Fred Porter? Okay, now he's an amazing preacher in Brisbane and he was sharing about um, how in order to have hope, we actually have to meditate on the fact that God cares about us, right? Because we can't have hope if we don't understand that God cares about us. Now it says in Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hopeful. And if we don't have hope, where does faith exist? Right? It says faith is a substance of things hopeful. If we don't have hope, it means we have no substance. And if we don't have substance, faith has nothing to attach to. So it is so super important that we have hope. But hope comes from a revelation of who God is. Hope comes because I know deep down, convicted, I know that God cares for me. I know that God has my best interests at heart. I know that God cares about my finances. He cares about my relationships. He cares about my marriage. He cares about my parents. He cares about everything that I'm going through. So I can have hope, and therefore, because I can have hope, I can have faith. See, it's hard to have faith, sorry, it's hard to have hope when you don't believe God cares. It's, it's, it's hard to have hope when you don't think God cares about what you're going through. Your family, your financial situation, how you feel about yourself. It's, it's hard to have hope when you don't care. So the first thing we need to do is we need to fix our eyes on the person of God, on the fact that he cares about us. I remember um, I just, I basically, the first car I bought, I bought, was like so bad. Oh my gosh. Back when I was, I think I was about six months into um, 2IC with, with um, Chantel. And you know, you know it's bad. You never buy a car off someone when they're telling you not to buy a car off them because it's a bad car. Right? Who does that? Put your hand up if you do that. No one would do that. That's stupid. Guess who did it? Me. I did it. I was like, my friend was like, yeah, this 2004 Volkswagen dog. And I was so desperate for a car. I was like, I just want to take my girlfriend out on a date and drive my mum's car. Lord, help me. So he was like, I was like, can I buy your car? Because he bought a new one. And he's like, yeah, you can, but I wouldn't buy it. I get so bad. And I was like, no, no, I'll do it. It's fine. You know, I managed to persuade my mum. I'm very persuasive when I want to be. Um, I persuaded my mum. Anyway, I bought this car for way too much money, and it was the worst car ever. I got it towed seven times in one year. It was so bad. Literally, like, 
the worst thing, honestly. I had a demon in it, like it sucked. Um, and like, basically it was so hard because I was saving, I was working really hard, and just every week something would go wrong. And every week my money would just go into this car. And I remember getting to a point, crying with my mom in my bedroom, being like, Mom, I can't do this, like life's too hard. I hate being an adult. Like I'm trying to save for this car and nothing's working. Um, and she's just like, yeah. It sucks. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, uh, um, but anyway, I, I basically resolved in my spirit, in my prayer time, you know what, God? You, you care about me. You care that I have a working car, that I'm not pulling over on the highway with my girlfriend because it's broken down. Like, you care. And your word says that you'll provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. So I stood on that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to not bring this to God. So I would pray and I go, God, I thank you that you're providing all my needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you that I'm going to keep working hard. I've got a plan. I'm going to say, I'm not going to be stupid, but I'm going to believe that you're going to provide my needs because that's what your word says and I believe that you care about me. Prayed that for a while and basically uh, one youth night I was late because um, I was working to try and buy a new car. Um, so I got there like as the night started. Um, and I kind of missed like the pre-service like huddle like with the team and um, the leaders have been asking Chantel like hey where's Matt and she's like oh he's working needs a new car blah 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 and I'm like sweet so I get in there late um, and basically in that pre, pre-service meeting after Chantel had said that one of the team had felt the Holy Spirit challenge him um, to actually give like give money to me so he was like hey guys Holy Spirit's telling me we need to give to Matt and, I, and everyone, so he was like, and Chantel's like, hey, like, just like, do whatever. So basically they created like a time to hear from the Holy Spirit, hey, how much do you want to give Matt? Um, and then the Holy Spirit told them. Um, anyway, fast forward, end of the night, we're doing our debrief, debrief, and basically I'm just like chilling and I start getting all these like texts of like bank transfers with like thousands of dollars on them. And I'm like, what the heck is this? I'm so confused. Um, and then they start going like beep beep and like making really weird noise and like you're gonna get a car and I'm just like so confused. And then it dawned on me, I was like, oh, they're buying me, like they're giving me money to buy a new car. Turns out eight, like seven or eight people gave me like seven grand in total to go and buy a new car. It's it's not to glorify them as such, but it's to it's to glorify God. It's to show me that God cares. And from that place, and from that story, it's never been the same for me. Because I know that God cares. I know that he'll provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. So first thing we need to fix our eyes on is the person of Jesus. The fact that God cares for us. Number two, say it after me. Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. On the presence. On the presence. Of Jesus. Jesus. Fix your eyes on the presence of Jesus. I do believe, honestly, I do believe, talk to me after if you disagree, but I do believe that there is a difference between knowing the presence of God and having your eyes fixed on the presence of God. I believe there's a difference. For example, Damon and I spent this whole weekend together. There's a difference between me being around Damon's presence and me being fixed on his presence. You know, so all, put all the singles here, like imagine you go out with your friend for a day and you spend some time with them. Like imagine you were around them the whole day and you never talked to them, right? It's like, yeah, I was, I was with them, but I wasn't necessarily connected to them. Like 
we were around each other but not really engaged with one another. Married couples. You know those times where you're in the car and you're not talking, you think about two completely different things and you're just like chilling? It's like you're with each other but you're not like necessarily engaged in that moment, you know? So there's a difference between not just knowing the presence of God and actually fixing your eyes on the presence of God. I think in whatever relationship, if you don't take time to be connected, if you don't take time to fix your eyes on one another, I believe what begins to happen, and I think we can all say we've experienced this, is you start to feel disconnected, right? Misinterpretation starts to happen. You start to misunderstand things. Things get taken out of context because you're disconnected, because you're not actually understanding one another. Why I believe it's so important to fix our eyes on the presence of God is that when we actually fix our eyes on the presence of God, everything gets put into perspective. Everything gets put into perspective. I remember there was one time I was at a conference and I was just like, oh, he did not want to talk to me in that moment. I was grumpy. And I was like, I was going through something like myself and, and I was basically just projecting onto, onto the conference. And I was kind of up the back, like with my arms like this, like just staunching everybody and just being like, no, 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 like just being super, like honestly, just being super critical of people, being super jaded. It felt so gross on the inside. I was like, what am I doing? And I remember sitting there and I kind of had a time to like, just not, just for a moment, I wasn't being critical of people. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, because I was up the back and this is while worship was happening. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, you know, man, you can, you can keep being critical of people, you can keep being jaded, you can keep thinking what you want to think. He's like, or you can go up the front and you can be in my presence. Or you can go up the front and you can be in my presence. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go do that, right? Because I was like, this is gross. I don't, want to, I don't want to be here thinking this. And I went up and he, and he started to speak to me. And he started to put everything I was thinking, everything I was going to in perspective. In perspective. See, if we fix our eyes, everything gets put into perspective. Whatever you're going through, might be a financial issue. Might be a marriage problem. It might be something else. When you fix your eyes on the presence of God, it gets put into perspective. You doing well? Yeah. Awesome. Alright. Last but not least, this is something I'm so passionate about. Repeat it after me. Fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. On the mission. On the mission. Of Jesus. Of Jesus. I want to quickly spout out a couple of verses for you. If you, you guys have all probably heard this, but John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, to teaching them, sorry, to observe all things that I have commanded to you. On top of youth, um, I also work for like youth at Glory City Church Brisbane. Um, well, I don't know why I said Glory City Church people. Anyway, back in Brizzy, I, on top of working, um, doing youth two days a week, um, I also work for a youth mentoring company. Um, we're a Christian-based youth mentoring company and, and work with stacks of young people with like low to medium needs, dis disabilities. Um, and it's awesome. We basically just get to disciple young people. Um, last year, we had around just over, just between 45 and 50 clients. 
um, between Sunshine Coast and Brisbane. We saw eight of them get saved last year. It's really awesome. Like these young people would never step foot in the church because of their disability and, and, and even their background. And then like we got <laughs> we saw them saved. Come on, like Amen. we love to talk to them about Jesus. Like it's so awesome. Um, and then we just get to see change, and it's it's radical. But I remember I was um, I was in a young fellow that I that I used to mentor, not anymore. But I was I was in his living room, and his parents had invited me in. Um, they were having a pretty tough time. Um, the mum's dad had just been diagnosed with cancer, and and they just needed like someone to talk to. Like they just needed someone to listen to them. So they're you know talking about their situation and their family, and, and I remember um, the young fellow was in the, in the living room, it's me on a couch, two parents on the couch, and they're kind of just venting to me, and, and she makes this comment right in front of them, she says, um, she says, our family thinks we're as stupid as Nathan. Our family thinks we're as stupid as Nathan, Nathan's a young fellow. My heart just broke, hey? My heart just broke, so I was like, far out, like, if she would say that when I'm there, imagine what she would say when I'm not there. And it broke my heart that there's people like this in our city that have no support, that don't know Jesus, that have nothing to go off. Your community, your workplace, your family needs Jesus. They need Jesus. Let's just strip away this gathering for a moment, not to be dishonoring to the gathering, but let's just strip it away. Because I believe that Glory City Church Darwin, it isn't this building that we're in. It isn't the church, it isn't the chairs. Glory City Church Darwin is the people right here, right now. It's the people that aren't here. The church is the people. So wherever you go, the church goes. You know the verse where it talks about being salt and light? You know what the application of that is? Why do you put salt on food? Because you want it to taste better. You want it to increase the flavor. Why do you have light? Because you want to shine out darkness. We're called to be salt and light. Put your hand up here if you work in um, like a secular workplace or you're a teacher or something like that. So I'm pretty, I would assume like everyone here is, put your hand up if you're a teacher, okay. Put your hand up if you're a teacher. One, two. Put your hand up if you work in like hospitality. Four, five, what's teachers? Um, put your hand up if you work in like hospitality or retail. Yeah, the stacks of people up here. Put your hand up here if you don't work in a church. Yeah, right. So no one here works in a church. So I believe the application of being salt and light is that because you're in your workplace, your workplace should be better. Because you're in your workplace, your workplace should be different. That's the application. Salt's added to food to make it better. As Christians, as believers, we're called to be an impact on the world because we want to make it better. Amen. We want to be different. Let's so want quickly do a recap. It's title of my message is, what are you looking at? First thing to fix your eyes on is the person of Jesus. The second thing to fix your eyes on is the presence of Jesus. And the last thing is fix your eyes on the mission of Jesus. I just quickly, I really felt in, in praying and preparing for this message that um, just, to, just to get you guys to, to respond that, that if you want to actually take this message, if you want to fix your eyes and, and not just have an impact on your own life, but have an impact on the community in this area, 
I just want to I just want to encourage you just to respond right now. Can we just get everyone to stand up real quick, please? Put your hand out in front of you. Dear Father, God, I thank you for every single person here, God. God, I pray that you help us fix our eyes on you. When things are scary, when things are unsettling, when we don't understand, when things aren't exactly, aren't exactly what we want, God, I pray that you help, help us fix our eyes on you. God, no matter what we're going through, God, I pray for every single person here that they would fix their eyes on the mission of Jesus. That they would not forget the why behind why Jesus went on the cross. So that every single person in this city, every single person in this nation would have an opportunity to say yes to you. And have an opportunity to say yes to you. If you right now, you just feel the call, you feel the passion inside of you to have a great impact on your community. It might be your workplace, it might be the coffee shop you're in, it might be the, the restaurant you go to on a regular basis. But if you feel that call, I just want to encourage you, maybe put your hands up in the air, and just to do something to respond.